Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. I appreciate the opportunity to speak this morning. I'm not going to be long-winded, I promise. And uh, I appreciate Pastor Jody allowing me to speak. Uh, you know, I was just thinking as they were hooking my mic up that some reason or another when I'm allowed to speak, I get nervous. Now, I used to get nervous before a football game. Coach, you know how that, that was. You know, you naturally you get the butterflies and nervous before a game. But usually what we did then was just headbutt each other. <laughs> but, Coach Smith, I'm not going to ask you to headbutt me today. Uh, but really when I, I, you know, when I look out and I, and I see so many people that have influenced my life uh, in the ministry that, that are here today. And, you know, Pastor Steve over here, uh, if you've ever sat under any of his teaching, you know, uh, if you haven't, you need to take every opportunity to do that. He is, uh, matter of fact, as I was preparing this message, I thought a lot about some of the things that he has said to me over the past few years, and uh, I may mention a couple of those things. But as you all know, Pastor Jody has started a new series of messages called uh, Ecclesia. Is that how you say it, Pastor Jody? But really, it's just it's a Greek word for the church, a word that's been designated for the body of Christ or God's people or the called out ones. And it's like Pastor Jody said a couple of weeks ago, God builds and is building his church. Amen. And the church is not this building. The church is you and I. And God is building us. You know the scripture where it says, who would build a building and not count the cost, right? Well, that's kind of a message to us, but I believe with all my heart, Jesus counted the cost and he paid the price for you and I to be able to be walking in his presence, to lead us, guide us, teach us. And I'm really excited with the fact that Pastor Jody is teaching about the church. I think it's time for us as the church to kind of do what he said. We've kind of just, just kind of rested for a minute and take a look at who God says we are. Because if you think about it, and that's what I want to share about today, you know, he, placed, he didn't place a lot of emphasis on the word church, but there was a great deal of emphasis that was put on the word, my church, my church. And when you say church, we're not talking about just this local body of believers, but we're talking about the church universal, right? There's different churches in different locations. Uh, but I think the uniqueness of the church is not the word church. The uniqueness of it is, as God said, this is my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So it's an important time to take a serious look, I believe, at the church. And as I was preparing, uh, really, uh, I was talking to Dinah on several occasions, and she knew I was probably studying, and I really wanted, because for me, the most important thing for me when I'm up here, if I share anything with you today, would be to glorify Him. That's number one. Number two would be to make sure that when I say something, it lines up with what God's Word says. Because I've come to understand that experiences are good, but the Word will free you up. Experiences last for a little while, but His Word lasts forever. Nothing against experiences. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong this morning. All the things that we... Uh, it, it's great to have to experience the presence of the Lord in your life, isn't it? And we're going we're gonna to see somebody who did that. But, and, and we're going to actually share from Revelations chapter 1 today. And I know Pastor Jody's probably right. Oh, Pastor Ron's going to teach on Revelation. Don't get nervous. I ain't going to get out of the first chapter, so don't worry about it. But, and if I get hung up, I'll call you if I stay up here to get me squared away. Get me squared away. But, uh, 
But I don't know about you, but for me, you, you know me enough to know, most of you do anyway, that when I share with you, I just share what, what I'm, 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 it's happening in my life. You know, as a part of the church, as a part of the body of Christ, the things that God brings to my, you know, in, in front of me, and, 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 and there's a question, all right, how do you, how do you going to deal with this? You're my church, how are you going to deal with this? So you're his church, I'm his church. We're collectively his church. And he's building us up. So today I want to focus on the first chapter of Revelation and talk about that for just a few minutes. Just think about it. One reason I'm sharing this message with you is because look at all that we're facing in our culture today. Uh, maybe somebody else could shine more light on this, but for me, for me, it's... it's it's not totally new, but compared to what this country has seen over the years, we're facing a lot of new things, are we not? We're facing things and times that we've never faced as a church. The early church faced it, and we'll talk about that a little bit this morning. But this is such a critical time. And, and please, just hear my heart this morning. Back then in the early church... They had lawlessness. They had paganism, right? They had persecution. They had all these things. They had the upper class, middle class, lower class, no class. They had it all. And, and so it's not something that's new, and yet for us, it's new. Is it not? Yes. And, 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 you know, as I pray and as I search out Scripture, uh, I just thought to myself, that's why I so appreciate Pastor Jody focusing on the church. And as we go, just, just bear with me a little bit, because you know how I am. I'm a back porch preacher. I'm, you know, you know what I'm saying? I like to just be relaxed. You know, I'm allowed to say something that you haven't ever heard in the English language. <laughs> unless you're from Silver Creek, and you might have heard it. But just be patient with me. But I want to read Revelation chapter 1 and read through verse 8, and then we're going to talk just a minute, okay? Now, I'm doing all those scriptures because I want to kind of just open it up, all right? So you can just read along with me. By the way, the Lord convicted me of something while I was studying this. I I kept, kept bringing to my mind that the Word is what we need to be focused on, Right? And I thought to myself how much I've gotten so used to it. And I love that we got that up there. But I would encourage you to bring this with you. They just something about opening it up and looking at it. Because when you read one scripture like that, you got a big screen. When you pick it up to read one scripture like that in the Bible, you got them all in your hand. That's I know that's not don't that's not a you know, that's not theology, but I would I would I just encourage you to do that. In verse 1 it says, This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. And he sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. And this is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. And he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says for the time is near. Just take a little hold of that, right? I'm taking my blessing, so you're hearing, right? So you take your blessing. This letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who who is, who always was, and who is still to come from the sevenfold spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God and his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. I want to stop right there for just a second. Uh, I want to just... Before we go any further with this, I want you to think about this. John, now Pastor Steve or Pastor Jody probably could help me with this. I don't know how old John was, but he had to be pretty old, right? 
I would say in his 80s, at least, maybe his 90s, I don't know. But here's a servant of God who's been serving him all these years, faithful, right? And I want you to, to, to just take hold of this. He has given us, or he is writing down what God has given him. And that is the book of Revelations. He is revealing what, what the Lord wants us to have. And so, as I got to thinking, Pastor Jody wanted us to stay in the realm of, of what is the church. I just thought, the question that kept coming to me is, uh, what would he have the church to be doing right now? What is it he's, he's called us to do? And so, I felt it was important to, to share this with you today. So, this chapter 1 of Revelation is a vision of Christ in his church. If you go on and read chapter 2 and 3, the letters are wrote to the church. So this should motivate us in our faith. Don't you think? I don't know. It, it motivated me. Donna was over at Haley and Jody's keeping the girls. And I was just there alone by myself with the Lord. And I was studying this. And I thought to myself, so many people are afraid to read, are almost scared of the book of Revelations. I mean, and I, and I thought, Oh, God, we need to study the book of Revelations. Because what it does is it doesn't, it doesn't confuse us if we really allow God to help us through the Scripture. What it does is it, it helps us from having chaos and confusion in the church. And it starts right here. It starts right here. You know, none of us are perfect in and of ourselves, right? The only perfection you and I have is what Christ has done for you and me. The only true life that you and I have is what Christ has given us through the blood of his, that he's uh, shed on Calvary. We have Christ. Think about it. The hope of glory. Perfection. So what is God saying to the church? What is he saying to us through Revelations? I tell you what, I wrote this down because I want to tell you this is what I think. That we should walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. That God has given us through salvation, Right? Allow the Holy Spirit through God's Word to grow us. Would you agree with that? Would you agree with that? Mature us. You'd you'd agree with that, wouldn't you? Mature us and draw us closer to Him. And to love Him and our brothers and sisters like He loves us. Now, I want to just stop right there for a minute. If If we were to do all those things, don't you think the glory of God would shine through His church? I mean, I want you to listen. If I allow the Holy Spirit, and if you allow the Holy Spirit to work through us, through His Word, and bring His Word alive in us, and we, and we realize just how much Jesus loved us, just how much the Father loved us, that He would send His only Son to die for us. We say that so much, and I'm afraid that it becomes redundant. We just, we just say it, and we know it, but we don't really take a hold of it. Are you with me? Really take a hold of what actually has taken place. Which means that when we talk about building the church, we're talking about Christ building you and me. Building us into what? A light that shines brightly in the world. How can you shine brightly in the world if you're just like the world? And, you know, I'm not one of these... uh, Legalistic guys, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just taking the word and being able to allow God to radiate his presence in us so that when the enemy comes to us and to deceive us with the lies that we see every day in our culture, we know when to stand. And not only do we know when to stand, we know how to stand. We don't, we don't do as the world does. If you don't agree with me, we don't hate on you. Right? A lot of people didn't agree with Jesus, but he loved them. We have to be able to stand for truth, but we have to be able to do it in love. And we got to be willing to be able to sit down. And even if we don't like what we're hearing, let people know that we care enough about them that we're going to sit there and listen to what they got to say. And we're going to share the truth with them. And love them. But we're not going to back away from the truth. Are you, are you with me? I made a point today, I'm not going to say. You understand me? You, you, you got it? Uh, 
that, I mean, you, you think about it. The church down the street, do you realize how many churches there are in this town? Here's the thing. Here's the thing that gets me is the reason I say that is this. Everyone ought to be full. The last thing I need to be worrying about is who's down there in that church. That's my brother and my sister. What I've done, God has placed me here. So what is it God is building in me here? What is it he's doing through his word that I can be a uh, committed to what he's doing in building his church here? If this is where God's placed me. I'm not, I don't have time to compare what they're doing and what we're doing. All I want to do is see what he's doing. I want to know what he's doing. That God's glory will shine through his church. This should be the desire of every one of us in here today. It should be the desire of every faithful servant of God. Uh, so what is God doing with the church? To really look at that, we have to, uh, we have to see how the, God was encouraging the church during, during difficult times. Like we said earlier, they were being persecuted. John, the last living apostle, I believe it was the last living apostle other than maybe, yeah, the last living apostle. I think I'm right on that. This is what I always thought about John. Let's show you how you can grow. I mean, simple-minded Ronnie. When I, when I would think about that God had given John a revelation, I just kind of thought John was on this island, wind blowing off, wind blowing off, you know, and he's sitting there. Now, I don't think he's sitting in the, the Holiday Inn or anything, but I know, you know, I'm thinking he's, I kind of picture him sitting maybe on a rock somewhere, Wind blowing in his eyes and God just giving him the revelation. But as I've studied this out, Patmos is an island where John was. And from what I can understand, it's one big rock. And John, being elderly as he was, didn't just go there to sit and rest. It was somewhat, if I understand correctly, like a quarry, if you would, like a rock quarry. And he worked. They made him work. Now you think about this. You think about this. You think about this when you wonder where God's at. You think about this when you wonder why God didn't do this or God didn't do that. You think about John. Here John is. He's been serving Christ all this time. He's elderly now. He's in prison. My understanding is there were several prisons at different islands, but he's isolated. He's in prison, and he is a prisoner. He's a prisoner. And I want to go on and, and read from verse 9. It says, I, John, in verse 9, if y'all put that up for him, I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. So why was he in prison? For believing in Jesus. For testifying of God's goodness. Of testifying to the goodness of God. I, I want you to think about that for a minute. Just... just it, it just, I'm sorry. I, I'm almost getting emotional about it. I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. And then he says in verse 10, it was the Lord's day and I was worshiping in the spirit. Oh. Oh my goodness. Oh. He's in the pit on a rock working at 90 years old probably hard labor and all of a sudden but he somewhere along the line he was communing with God and he said I was with God in the spirit sometimes we we can't hear from God because we, we got to be at the lunch room by lunch you know it gets crowded at one 
I'm sorry, you might get mad at me this morning, but you can't fire me because I don't get paid. <laughs> right? So, but I'm, but I'm being serious. Or, I mean, I'm just thinking about John. I'm, I mean, this is the only way I know to share with people. I, what I'm experiencing, I'm thinking, here's John. He's doing hard work. He's doing hard work. He's served God all his life, most of his life, Right? He served the Lord. And couldn't you imagine that on that island with all the hard labor and all the things that there was, don't you believe that probably there were questions going through his head like what's happening to the church that we've been preaching about for years? Here I am. I've served all this time and I'm on this Isle of Patmos. But you know what he did? He kept his faith. And it says that he was... he. Uh, I have, you have to give me time to get here. I got glasses. I see better, but it takes me a minute to find it. But it says, I was exiled to the island of for preaching the word of God and, my tes- and for my testimony about Jesus. It was the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the spirit. I mean, here he is in this environment. He's worshiping God in the spirit. And we... I don't, and we want to know why God ain't moving. Sometimes we want to know why God ain't moving or we had a bad day. I love you, but this, I'm preaching to me, okay? Because, I mean, I talk about, I get into scriptures and I see where it says, who would build a house without counting the cost? Well, we're building a house right now. I hope I counted the cost, but sometimes I wonder. You know? But one thing I have found out is I've learned more about building a house. I know a lot more today about building a house than I did four months ago. But I still don't know a whole lot. I know the numbers. I know what an electrician is. You know, so in that house, here's my main thing. Now, I leave the looks up to the women because Haley and Diana, they they pick out the looks. But, you know, here's what I want in that house, water. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't want to have to go jump in the lake to get a bath. I want water. And I want electricity. Because, you know, I just really don't want to have to use kerosene lamps. I want to be able to just flip the light on so I can see where I'm going. You know, I want air conditioning. You know, when it's hot, I want to be cool. And when it's cool, I want to be warm. So I want all that. I mean, I know what I want, but I didn't know anything about what goes into doing it. I had some ideas. I think that somehow, the way we look at God, you know, we, we know what he wants, but we never stop long enough to find out, what it is that's actually taking place when he's building the house. We come in and we want the house done. We come into our church family and we think it all ought to be done. Right? I'm just being, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm doing pretty good. We want it done. Am I right? And if it ain't done, we got to get in touch with somebody who knows how to get it done. And the whole time God is saying, I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm trying to show you how you can be a part of getting it done. Yes. And what I have learned is in building the houses, I have learned I have to be patient with them. Yeah. One reason I've got to be patient with them is because they know more than I do. Right? Amen. They know more than I do. And when he looks at me and says, you've got to have this much drop on a pipe, I ain't going to debate it with him. Because I figure he knows what he's talking about. Let me tell you something. When God tells me in his word what I need to do, it's okay to ask questions. But there's a difference in asking questions and debating him. He knows how to build a house because he created the house. He knows how to build it. He knows everything that needs to be done. Now this is, now this, what I'm getting at is John John is there, 
And he has a supernatural experience with the Lord. It's, it's really a supernatural picture of God moving in his church. I mean, just think about it. John had every reason to be depressed. What did you say? He had every reason to have questions. Every reason. And sometimes we have reason to have questions, right? But that's why God brings us together with his word and with each other so we can get to the answer. So we can get to the answer. Think about it. He had his fellow apostles, they had been martyred, killed. He's imprisoned. And you know, when you think about it, what I can understand, and Pastor Stephen and Mike can help me with this, but my understanding of it is, is that not only did they get put in prison there, but everything they had property-wise, money-wise, was taken from them. Their civil rights taken away. Everything taken away. And yet here he is on the Lord's day. Communion with God. Listen to what God had to say about everything. And look at this verse 7. And verse 7 says, Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. The Almighty One. You know what? No matter how many questions we have, no matter how many problems we face, no matter where the culture is today, I want to tell you, if you don't hear me say anything else today, don't, say, don't, don't, don't take my word for it. You get in this word and see, He is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will show you a way where there seems to be no way. It may not be in your timing. It might not be in my timing. But it will be in His timing and it will be the right time. It will be the right time. So, let's look at verse 9 again. I, John, your brother and your partner in suffering. Why didn't he say, I, John, the apostle? Or why didn't he say, I, John, Jesus' disciple? You ever thought about that, reading that verse? I'll tell you why I think. I think it's because he was given a message. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about his authority. It was about God's authority. It wasn't his message. It was God's message. And we need to remember that. It's not our message. It's his message. And so when we look at it from that point, it's not about you and me. It's about him. It's about him. In verse 4, I want to go back to it real quick. It says, in verse 4, This letter from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is. Grace and peace. That's what you and I need to be walking in. Grace and peace. And that's what we ought to be giving to other people. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Revelation was given to John to tell him, Yes, there is a future. And revelation was given to me and you to say, yes, there is a future. I don't know what's all going to take place. I think it's, we're facing times we never faced before. I think if you look in the Bible and it says that when you begin to see these things, look now because he's, he's getting closer. I think he's getting closer, but the Bible says nobody knows when he's coming back but God himself. Even the Lord Jesus didn't know, but I can tell you what, he's coming back. And he wouldn't have told us to look at these things that's going on if he didn't mean it. And I can just tell you, I don't know what you call uh, Christianity, if you call it really strong faith, if you call it lukewarm faith, if you call it being lukewarm. I don't know, but I'm going to tell you, I don't want to be lukewarm. And I don't want to miss him. And I've always had this scripture that's really worked on my mind. He says, broad is... Narrow is the way that leads to life, but broad is the way that leads to destruction. Have you ever thought about that? Why is it broad that leads to destruction? And why is it narrow? That's always really kind of got to me, you know? Because I'm thinking, I'm going to squeeze in that narrow road somehow. (laughs) You know? I mean, I don't want to run with the crowd. I want to be where it's, you know, and I want you to be there. That's why I'm sharing this with you this morning, because I think... More than any time in our lifetime, the, the, the church being 
so vital in, in, to, to, to reach the world today. It's like it's never been before in our time, in this country. I was told the other day, you know, you know we have a missions heart at this church, right? We've been supporting missions for years, and we support it. We're big. Pastor Jody's heart is he just got back from a mission. Pastor Steve spent, I don't know how many years of his life on the mission field. I know what it was. I think he was telling me he was in Sudan, and he's going down in the middle of nowhere. Now, he, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he's in the middle. He knows where he's at, but it's in the middle of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> in Sudan, I believe I'm right, Pastor Steve. And, got, and he's, I, I don't know if it's open air vehicle or what it was, but he looks around and, I mean, you know, think about it. You, you're in a new place. You've been sent there by God. You know that in your heart. You've been sent there by God. But you're in a new place, and you don't know how friendly that place is, and you're going to witness. You don't even know. You don't know the circumstances. But here he is, and he said he, I don't know exactly how he worded it, but this is how I got it. There was a peace came over and said, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You know why? Because he is in God's will. He was in God's will. And I've often thought about that. I've often thought about that. Or one time when he got in a car and, and, and his ride didn't pick him up. He got to the airport and his ride didn't pick him up. And he paid some guy to give him a ride, don't even know who he is. I think is the way it went. Could you imagine getting in a car? You don't know these people. You can't speak their language. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you could speak their language. But it's, my point in getting here is that we have to get to a place where we trust God. And here John is on an island, a prisoner, for sharing his faith, and yet he's prepared to let God, to let God speak to him. Yeah. And I'm going to get on. I'm, I'm getting long-winded, and I said I wouldn't. Uh, and the first thing that comes to John, I want us to look at it, is the voice of God. And it talks about it being as a trumpet. Let me find the place here. It says, I was worshiping in the Spirit. Suddenly I heard behind me, and this is going into verse 11. I was worshiping in the Spirit, and suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. And it said, write in a book everything you see, and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Lyotara, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And when I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. And standing in the middle of the lampstand was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. And his feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. And he held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. Now... It says he turned and he saw seven lampstands, which, if I'm correct, I think I'm correct, that, that refers to the seven churches, right? And who was standing in the midst of the seven churches? The Lord, right? The Lord was standing in the midst of the seven churches. Now, what does that say to you and me? It says... He's in our midst. If he's really our Lord and our Savior, he is in our midst today. See, we walk around in the world so much, I think we miss the important ingredients. When we come into this place together, we are the body of Christ. This is my whole point. And when we come in here, we should be prepared for God to speak to us. Because he tells us right here, here's John on an island, got every reason to be discouraged, just like us. You look at our culture and you wonder what in the world is going on, right? Everybody's hating on everybody. There's crime in the streets. There's all these things that we're not used to seeing in this country, even as witnesses, even as the church. Now, people are telling you when you can say something and when you can't say something. I don't have to go into all we're facing in the culture today. We know the battles that are in the culture today. But what he's saying right there is he turns around and who's in the midst of the churches? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And then he begins to describe it. He's standing in the middle of the lampstands. Now, I don't know about you, but 
When I was a kid, I remember my grandparents having a kerosene lamp. Y'all remember those? You've seen them, I know. Even if you do it camping, you know, we do it now just so it's cool, you know, we got a lantern. But back then they had to have that for a lot. I never went in to my grandparents' house and the lamp was on the floor. It was always on the lampstand. Why? Because the higher the light, the brighter the light. The higher the light, the more I can see. And that's a picture for you and me. We come in here, we should come in here with the expectation that we are the church and Jesus Christ is amongst us and we ought to be, as the church, lifted high, shining brightly, so that when the lost walk in here, they can feel the presence of God. If nothing else, they can look at you and say, he or she's got something I ain't got. And it opens the door for us to get to know one another and to grow with one another. This is to tell us the church is the light of the world. Amen? And what does light do? Light dispels darkness. John looks and he sees that God is not for God's church. That's what, I'm, I'm, that's what I wanted to share with you this morning. So many times we say, well, this church is doing this and this church is doing this and this is happening here and that's happening there. Well, let me tell you something. Whether the light shines or not, it's on me and you. God's here. And it tells us right here that he's, you know, that light dispels darkness. He looks and he sees that God's not for God's church. Think about that. Here he is, an old man, beat down, treated, treated inhuman. All his friends have been martyred, killed. And he sees God, God shows up, don't he? And he sees that God is for real. And then I'm going to look at these and, just, and then I'm going to wrap this up. But in verse 11, no, it says, excuse me, I'm going to go back. Yeah, verse 11, excuse me, 12. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash around his chest. Now, my understanding with that is like the high priest would wear that. So that represented Jesus as being the high priest or the king of kings, right? That's who he is, correct? And it says his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And I think about that, I think about purity, you know? And I've seen, I've read a lot of commentaries on it, and it talks about the purity of God. And it says his eyes were the flame of fire. You know what that said to me? That God sees everything. We may think he don't, but he does. You know? And what he sees is his children. And what he sees is if we're being the body of Christ he's called us to be or if we're not. And it's not your job or my job to see how everybody's doing. You know what I mean? On a scale of one to five, there to three. Now, what he's saying is, you make sure your light's shining. And if somebody's is a little dim, you can help it get brighter. How you do that? By the love of Christ. Love of Christ in people's heart. And then he talks about here, he says, his head and his eyes, hair were like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire, and his feet were polished like bronze, Refining the furnace. furnace. <clears throat> and his voice thundered like the mighty ocean waves. Let me tell you something. When God speaks, we can hear his voice. And he protects his church. And he'll stomp out sin if we'll allow him to. You say, Ronnie, this is, a, this is kind of, what's this got to do with the church? I think it has everything to do with the church. Jesus, I'm going to finish with this. If you never heard me say anything else today, hear this. Jesus intercedes for you and me. Right now, he intercedes for you and me. What I mean by intercede, he cares about you personally and me personally. He cares about us collectively. 
He cares about the world out there that's, that's, that's lost and undone. He cares so much about it that he has here, you here today to hear his word, not me, because I'm not very good to listen to. But I don't care. If he can use a donkey to speak, he can use me. Right? Because nothing, nothing is as great as his word. When he looks at you and he looks at me, he sees his child. When he looks at you and he looks at me, doesn't matter how much more education you got than me or I got than you. It doesn't matter if you got a few more talents than I got. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, a little higher up on the scale than I am. Because in the eyes of God, we're all equal. Doesn't matter what color skin we have. It doesn't matter what, what uh, nationality we come from, what country we come from. Here's the thing that gets me. I was told yesterday that now where we're sending out missionaries... Now these other countries are sending missionaries to the United States. It's crazy. Nothing wrong with sending missionaries to the United States. We need them. We talk about three, like Pastor Jody said last week, three percent in Scotland. It might be that in 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 U.S. What am I saying? I'm saying that it's time that we rise up. It's time that we rise up. And we, and we quit doing all this stuff trying to find the perfect church and understand that the only perfection we have is Him. And what we need to do is come together and join hands and get into His Word. And when the Word is pro- preached and when the Word is taught and when we sing His Word, see, the music is great. Like, we love music. Music is great. But it's not the music. That's the gift God has given. When you hear Scotty play, He's good. Because God has gifted him and he uses that gift for God. But you know what matters? It's not what we're, it's not how we're singing, it's what we're singing. It's what we're actually doing in singing. We're singing praises and we're not singing our own words. We're singing his words. We're singing words. We're telling him, everybody, who he is. How we should exalt him. But we're so self-conscious in our society today. We're so focused on ourselves and what we're getting out of it that we can't be all that Christ has called us to be. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? God is enough. He can make you all you need to be. He can bring you in here and there's enough to go around. Right? There's enough to go around. You don't have to... You don't, Hey, look. Don't, don't worry about taking something you've got somewhere else. God wants you to use it right here in His house. Who in the world would have ever thought that God would send a man like Steve Holsinger and Dan Holsinger here from all the way from Alaska to minister to people in this church? I, I look at stuff like that. It's amazing to me. If you'd have told me that that I was going to wake up one morning, my daughter was going to be in Scotland, I probably would have said, you know, Ooh, Silver Creek maybe, not in Scotland. It's it's, it's an amazing thing. And I'm going to wrap up, but I wanted to share about John because no matter how, how dire it looks, no matter how the culture of the world looks, God is at work. But I'm going to tell you how he works. He works through his church. He works through his church. A church that first understands his love for them and we will reciprocate that love to him. When I say love, I'm not talking about superficial love. I'm not talking about loving him when I feel like it. I'm not talking about loving him when everything's going good. I'm talking about loving him in every circumstance because I know, just like John does, that no matter how bad it looks, my God will not forsake me. He will show up and He will do what He says He will do. And that He has put us here to understand that when He gives us something to do, He empowers us to do it. 
He empowers us to do it. And when he empowers us to do it, it may look bad. You may have somebody tell you, shut up. You may try to share faith with somebody and they, and they, and they call you name. I don't know what's, you know, anything could happen now. They could try to shut you down. But you got, you and I got to come to the, who do we believe? And we, so we do what God says, but we do it in love. And we understand that he is with us and he protects us. And he cares for us. He loves us. He loves us. If I got one message, he loves us. He loves us. And all he asks for us to do is love him back. And be and do what his word tells us to do. You want to experience God? Eat on his word. Eat on his word. John did. John's a hero in my book. But I tell you who the true hero is, is Christ, because he told him he wouldn't leave him, never forsake him, and he did it. And then God gave him all that book, the book of Revelations. Don't be scared of it. You need to read it. We need to encourage one another in the Word. We need to support one another in the Word. We need to go out in them hallways and love on one another in the Word. Right? And when we have any sick among us, we need to pray for them. We need to be the church. If we have someone to visit, we need to visit them. You know, and sometimes we all forget. But you know what? If I forget one day, if we all keep our mind on Christ, somebody will be there. Right? He ain't asking us to be perfect. He's just asking us to be together. Small groups. One reason we're talking about small groups, and I'm closing, is... I didn't say fast. I said closing. Small groups is a great opportunity for us to get to know one another. It's hard to get to know one another in five minutes in the lobby. Right? We need to do that. We need to do that. But small groups is a place not only we get fellowship with one another, encourage each other in in our faith, but we also get to grow together. I couldn't tell you how much I've grown being sitting under different different people. And more than that, just fellowshipping with them and openly discussing God's Word. And not being afraid to say, I don't understand this. I don't feel this. You know, you can honestly get to know people and and they can help you to better understand God's Word and better understand what God is doing today. But I want to tell you right now, church, we better get ready. You might not like the way I presented this, and it might be just redundant to you. I kept saying the same things over. But I wanted, when I read this, I saw John. I thought, my God, if John can live his life for Christ like that, and at the end, probably have all these questions, and then God shows up, that's just another confirmation to me that he'll show up for me. And right now, like never before in this country, You better know whose side you're on because the enemy is going to have you to try to give in, dilute the gospel. We want to love everybody. Yeah, we do love everybody. And we love them by loving on them and sharing the truth and and, and, and allowing the Lord to keep us from being deceived. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your uh, listening to me for a little bit. I'm going to turn it back over to Gary. Thank you, Pastor Ronnie. You know, I was just thinking as I was sitting there as he was wrapping up that he's a perfect one to talk about the church, about Cornerstone Church. He and his wife, Diana, are the only people who have been here. All of us have come and all of us have gone. They're still here. Um, So I sometimes think when uh, Jesus said to Peter that he's going to build his church on the rock, you know, Ronnie and Diana are the rock on this church here. So... There's a legacy that I think is really, really important. So when he speaks, you need to listen and take that to heart. I'm so thankful that I'm part of a church that believes in what the Word says. You know, we never want to leave here without giving somebody an opportunity. If this is the first time you're here and you don't know what it's like to experience the love of God through what Jesus did for you, we're going to take the time just here in a minute to give you that opportunity. 
a lot of us here have been saved for a long time. And you may say, what's that save thing about? I don't need saving. Um, I'm doing okay on my own. I'm a good person. I'm doing a lot of good things right. And maybe you are. But I tell you what, that Jesus said in his word that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And we believe that here. We just don't say it. It's not words. It's not words written down on a page. We believe it in our heart that that's the way to get to God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to take time here. If you've never made that commitment, and it is a commitment uh, to believe that, we're going to give you that opportunity this morning. So I'm just going to ask you, if you would, all of us here, this, you know, bow your head and close your eyes. We're not going to do anything weird or funny. We're not going to call you up front here. Um, but right where you're at in your seat, we're all just going to pray these words together. And if that's you for the very first time, take this to heart. Uh, this is your time to commit your life to the Lord and let him take over uh, your situation. So repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I realize that I'm a sinner and I want to be saved by your grace. So this morning, Lord, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I ask you to save me and to allow me to serve you as your, my king. We just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if that was you for the very first time, church, give them a big round of applause. If that was you online as well, uh, there's a, something we'd like you to, for you to do. There's a communication card in the seat back in front of you there. If you would take that and fill it out or drop it in one of the offering boxes, also, right now, our prayer partners are going to come up front. You can also bring it up to one of them as well. And if you're online, I know there's a spot there that you can check a box there. Somebody from the church will get in touch with you. We just want to be there for you. Anything that we can do to help you live the life for the Lord, we want to be here for it. Because believe me, it is the way to live life. So we're thankful as we close today and as we get you out of here. I just want to thank you again um, for your giving for your consistent giving. I know this is a time of year when kids are going back to school and everything. There's a lot of uh, things to spend money on, but we're thankful for your consistent giving because without your tithing, we couldn't do what we do here. So um, don't listen to all the craziness on the news about the world's coming to an end and the financial crisis and everything else. God is going to provide for your needs. He promises in his word that he's going to do that. So we just want to thank you for giving. Uh, and supporting the church. So as we go, we're also going to just send you out with the Lord's blessing out of uh, numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. God bless you guys. See you next week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.